recently took a red-eye flight out to Manhattan, hoping to take home Best Alternative Investment Solutions Award from Finnovate. We were out at a financial innovation conference in Manhattan. Um, I also got to speak on uh, how automated investing can yield higher returns while promoting capital preservations. And we got to do a really cool demo uh, packed audience. That's why most people go to this financial innovation conference to see what people are doing. So we got to demo Toro Alerts, uh, literally a block away from Times Square. So that was kind of cool. Uh, packed audience for um, two and a half days. Uh, not bad. At the end of each day, kind of gave me a couple of hours. And so I utilized that time basically to kind of run around town and see what the New York scene was going to look like uh, once the regulated marketplace opens up. So for a couple hours each night, I ran around and checked out mostly illicit stores, CBD shops that, you know, we're selling Delta 8, Delta 10 and THC, uh, you know, products that they shouldn't have been. Also, some of the food trucks were still around, even though about three dozen got towed away. And so um, basically got to see a lot. So we're, in this upcoming video, we're going to kind of dive into what I was able to see, what my uh, opinion is about the market, where it might be going, uh, and most of all, kind of how it's going to compare to California. New Yorkers think that California's or the, that New York's going to be bigger than California. So with that, we're going to check out the good. We're also going to check out the bad and the ugly all coming up it's only entertainment welcome back to the talking hedge i'm josh kincaid capital markets analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast so right around the corner from my hotel was times square literally 10 feet away uh, and so that's where i would leave from uh, on the first day just did you know 4.3 mile uh, kind of circle around Midtown, uh, right around the Rockefeller centers. So I started off on 48th and went to AR cannabis clinic. Wasn't there. I think it was, um, like a beauty parlor or something. 57th, the dispensary. Nope. Attain was there. Uh, Attain was just purchased. I think their four locations were purchased for a quarter of a billion dollars recently. Uh, Medmen wasn't on fifth. Starbuds was not on 7th, and then there was another dispensary on 43rd. Um, but I got to admit, like my record-keeping wasn't good by the time I did finally show up. Maybe it was called the dispensary, I don't know, but I ran into a couple of gals that were super uh, friendly and helpful, showed me their favorite products, um, which were flour, and then showed me the number one product you know, that people were buying, which was either uh, gummies or pre-rolls. And she even gave me a pre-roll. I've never had anybody give me a pre-roll product because it's not legal <laughs> to give away products. But um, that was pretty awesome. So I got to try that out. Not bad. Smelled really good. Um, but got to take come into the store, take a few photos. It seemed very similar. A lot of similar brands. Flav is, is out there. Stizzy is out there. Um, but the pre-roll I got had no kind of barcode, no testing, no nothing. I wish I remembered the name of the store, but again, I took this red-eye flight where I got no sleep. I mean, who who eats M&Ms for five hours and drinks sparkling wine? Uh, we left at 9.40 Seattle time and arrived 6 a.m. local Manhattan time. And I feel like we were leaving Vegas, you know, after MJ BizCon or something. Everybody was partying. It was weird. So first and last red-eye flight for me. 
This next day out, uh, I asked the doorman, you know, how do you get to Wall Street? He said, oh, you can take the M line. I said, okay, well, what, how do you walk there? And he looked at me like I was crazy. And now I know why, because it's about eight and a half miles if it's, you know, direct miles, but it was more like 15 because I was going left and right and all over the place to check out all kinds of places uh, like Endomed and 50 Shades of Green and all these places that were closed, like tons of places that were just not around it was a wonderful marijuana dispensary on pine that wasn't there high-end marketplace not there on madison potion and higher empire was we'll get to higher empire because franklin hooked us up there moo exotic wasn't there columbia care wasn't there hayes dispensary was not there all these places you know i'm walking around they're just not there one of uh, the locations was actually the courthouse which uh you know was interesting Got to see the New York Stock Exchange and the Charging Bull. Um, got to see the Jenga building where the Bed Bath & Beyond CEO threw himself off of. Uh, and then ran around and saw New York. It's pretty gritty, but not as bad as I thought. You know, they got the garbage on the sidewalks. The sun never hits anybody's face because of buildings. But not not as bad as I, I thought it would be like, um, you know, Portland or whatever. But <clears throat> Or so San Francisco, geez, Tenderloin District is terrible. But we did get to walk around quite a bit and see uh, a lot as we just kept walking around and uh, one store after another was was not there. There were a lot of um, CBD shops. I walked into a place, the guy had no idea what he was selling. Somebody just brought stuff in and he just, you know, takes people's money and no idea what THC was or D8 or D10 or any of these other products that they had. So a lot of CBD shops selling illicit goods, including Stizzy products. A lot of these places are not legit. You walk in, they have no idea what they're even selling. There's just an employee at like, you know, essentially a gas station, these CBD shops, they're, they're clueless. Uh, but, you know, leave it to New York to kind of emulate Vancouver, BC, uh, up in Canada, where people just on the street selling stuff. So I walk by, guys, I can't take a photo, but, you know, for 10 bucks, you can. Uh, and so I basically just took a photo and took home a pre-roll as well um and then um one shop that i did find empire uh this, this kid franklin was showing me all kinds of his you know favorite products whatever like what he felt were moving a lot of people want to take stuff with them so he recommends gummies um they still sell a ton of uh pre-rolls his favorite product was um some flour and um I thought ice cream was kind of interesting as well. Um, they did have Skittles, so they, you know, we expect a lawsuit there eventually. There was just a lawsuit out of Canada. So, but Jeter's, like Jeter's is everywhere. Every product has like Jeter's. So I would imagine he's going to probably come out. But all in all, um, you know, the the market is, is interesting out in New York. Uh, there were lines for um swatch watches there were lines for tacos there were lines for things i didn't even see what there was a line for <clears throat> but what there weren't lines for were any of these shops and i don't know maybe they're utilizing delivery i doubt that because tourism i guess is where most of the people are coming from according to the shops that i talked to again 90 percent of them more than that 90 plus percent wouldn't let me take a photo so they're totally illegit shops they don't know what's going on but um, in the end, uh, when they do get regulated marketplaces opening up and um, stores are able to sell to people, I think what you're going to find 
is that there's gonna be high prices just like everywhere else. Um, maybe good, decent quality if they can get the out-of-state manufacturers to come in and with the head start on the on the knowledge. Uh, but <clears throat> um, from what I saw, uh, I don't see people clamoring for it. I don't see the locals demanding it. I see the products there, um, but there weren't a line. There wasn't a line anywhere. So that's, you know, when New Yorkers say, oh, we're going to overtake the California market, that's the fifth largest GDP in the world. And, you know, you can't just go to California who's, uh, I mean, they invented concentrates, essentially. Like, New York didn't know what concentrates were like seven years ago. And you're going to tell me that they're going to outsell to tourists who have no idea what it is, whose locals aren't even standing in line to buy it? I don't know. I don't see that happening. Um, it's a decent market. It could be a decent rollout. It depends on how they do it. They're going to need the cannabis cafes and delivery and, um, you know, more stores than what I what I saw. Uh, there's like a million restaurants there. Yeah, the, there's there's hardly any gyms. <laughs> uh, so hopefully there will be more cannabis shops than gyms at least. <clears throat> but New York is um, a lot of tourism, but I just don't see the demand for it. I don't think that they're going to overtake the California market for at least 10 years minimum, if ever. All right, but I'm going to say, I'm going to go on record and say at least for 10 years, they're not even going to come close to the California market and taking over. Um, so argue with me in the comments if you want. Let me know what you think the market's going to be like in New York. If you've been there, if you've seen it, uh, what you anticipate. What I saw was interesting. Um, just seems like a, a normal rollout. It's going to be low supply, high prices in the in the in the beginning, limited licenses. So because if they're relying heavily on tourism like Nevada. Again, I'm not comparing Nevada. People kind of keep misunder, mis, misinterpreting what I'm saying. I'm saying if you, if New York is re relying on tourism, like Nevada require, uh, uh, like Las Vegas relies on tourism, you're going to fail because something inevitably is going to happen where people, you know, if they stop coming, then what? Then you have no market at all. And I'm not saying Manhattan or New York won't have a market, but when you're talking about overtaking. The, you know, the world's fifth largest GDP being Cali. I just don't see it at all. Uh, yeah, they just, ice cream is neat. Um, that's not, you're not going to sell enough of that though. And no infused coffee. What's up with that? Do you know more, more Americans drink coffee than water? 59% of Americans said they drink their number one beverage is coffee. 58% said water. Pretty close, but still, Oregon is the only place I've seen that has infused coffee. So if you don't have enough niche products, what, you know, you're going to have to sell it by the volume, I guess. And I, I just didn't see that happening. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. You're going to have to let me know. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is the Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe or don't. And I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary, and I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. 
I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner, the Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one token at a time.